Thanks for joining us today. Your co-hosts, Sally Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, thanks for joining us this week. Um, we're excited to dive into a topic that I think has been on Catherine and I's minds for a while, and mine specifically because my mom's in politics, and the term progressive gets thrown out there, sometimes in a negative connotation and sometimes in a positive connotation. Um, and so we're interested to dive into that a little bit specifically in the agriculture and dairy industry. Um, and we have a very special guest. We were um, lucky enough to be on the Progressive Dairy podcast um, a couple weeks ago. And so we're excited to have Walt here with us. Catherine can do the introduction for Walt, but we're excited for this week's episode. Yeah, so we're excited to have Walt Cooley join us this week. Um, he is the editor-in-chief of Progressive Dairy. He hangs out in Idaho mostly, I believe. Um, and Walt and I first came across each other when he was doing a story on my family dairy um, about the way that my family manages uh, hoof health and hoof care for cows. So Walt and I met, I think it was around 10 years ago. Um, it was a cold, snowy day, and you braved the cold and the wet and, and the hoof trimmers <laughs> and, and wrote a pretty awesome article that seems to get uh, passed around a lot even now. So Walt, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being invited to your podcast. Uh, I guess to kind of define myself, I would use three different words. Uh, I say that I'm an editor and an entrepreneur and a dad. Uh, <laughs> so editor-wise, I'm the editor-in-chief of Progressive Dairy Magazine and uh, been at that for, well, it must be a, at least over a decade uh, since I was last at your farm, um, at least over a decade ago. Um, and I recently started my own side gig uh, called the Cowtech Report, uh, which is basically a subscription-based newsletter uh, for all things related to cows and technology. Uh, I see that as a space that uh, needed some additional attention, and it's kind of two of my passions, so married those two things together and uh, have a side gig related to that. And then um, Dad-wise, uh, which is probably the most important title that I have uh, over those other two, I have four children, and my oldest is a sophomore in high school, and the youngest is, uh, uh, let's see, she is going into fourth grade, which actually we're doing homeschool this year, so she's doing homeschool uh, uh, fourth grade. All right. So Idaho history, right? Is that fourth grade? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and we have, so I have two, or I have four total kids. I've got uh, two girls, they're the bookends, the oldest and the youngest, and then two boys in the middle. And I, and I did mess up, the fourth grader is the, uh, the third child, and uh, the youngest is the third grader. So. <laughs> well, it's hard to keep four children in order, whether it's on a day-to-day -day basis or just numerically in order, but... <laughs> We're excited to have you, and um, do you want to give listeners um, kind of an, a synopsis or a summary of what Progressive Dairy is and kind of what the mission for Progressive Dairy um, is from your end? Yeah, sure. So Progressive Dairy Magazine has uh, been going on for more than 30 years now, and uh, we go 20 times a year to all dairies uh, throughout the United States. Uh, and and uh, yeah, we publish content that is uh, related to everything from management to uh, handling of cows to business to uh, you know, topics of the day. And so it's, uh, we hope that it uh, is uh, successful. Uh, 
we say that it's successful when it makes it in multiple rooms in the house. So if it uh, makes it to the kitchen table, that's room number one. If it gets to uh, the recliner uh, after that, uh, that's room number two. And then we feel like we're really successful if we, we, we make it in the bathroom. So <laughs> <laughs> You always have to have good reading material in the bathroom. Absolutely. <laughs> I can say for my house, at least, I don't know how this happened. I think it's because I've switched jobs a couple times, but um, I get three issues of progressive dairy whenever it comes out. And so it is, it is uh, well, well represented in my house. And um, I usually only read one of them, but I do read it cover to cover. So, <laughs> so um, there's, I think that you're one of a, a group of titles of, of agricultural publications that have progressive in their name. And progressive is a really interesting word because whenever I hear it, when it's related to the magazine, I just think of the magazine and the cool things that you're doing and, you know, the, the news that you're spreading out there and all that sort of stuff. But as Valine said, she's sort of been in the political space lately. Um, her mom is a representative in the Idaho State House. And when she hears progressive, <laughs> it can often have a negative connotation. And then, you know, when you're talking politics, especially with agriculturists, dairymen, beef guys, you know, agriculturists, um, the P word gets you know thrown around as the p word like it's a four letter word instead of <laughs> instead of what it really is so um tell us first let's talk about what progressive means in relation to your magazine yeah so that's a good question and i uh i know uh after we had our last recorder we talked about this a little bit and so i'm glad that uh, we get to have it on air now this discussion um I, I, for me i think progressive means kind of actually two words with a hyphen in between so forward and thinking right and um, what does that mean exactly for agriculture? Um, a couple different things. I think one, it means being confident enough in your past to face the future. So uh, a lot of times I think when, especially some of the topics that you've brought up before when we're talking about activists or kind of uncomfortable topics, sometimes I think in agriculture we can turn our back to those folks that are trying to address us and say, oh, well, I want to look, uh, you know, what's comfortable to me, what, what, what I understand that the past, maybe to use another term, you know, what's conservative to me. And I think being uh, progressive in agriculture just means being willing to face uh, the future, to face people who maybe even are, um, you know, being adversarial towards you uh, and using the past as confidence to, uh, move forward into the future. And I don't, I don't think that means necessarily that you're turning your back on the past, um, but you're just confident enough to say, I know who I am and I know what I stand for and I'm ready to engage in conversations that I know are going to be relevant going forward in the future. And I love that. Um, and I guess I haven't heard progressive put in, in some of those terms, as far as being confident in your past and willing to move forward, good, bad, or indifferent, what's happened in the past, we need to learn from it, we need to embrace it, and we need to take a step forward. And I think, I think agriculture sometimes takes a backseat or gets defensive because they feel like they're under attack or they're defending where they've been. And so being progressive is like, this is where we've been, this is what we've learned, and this is how we're going to make a difference going forward and do you think some of that fear can make progressive kind of seem as a negative in instinct or some pressure against it as well 
Yeah, I think I think the uh, key word to go, to go back to those two words that I gave you, forward and thinking. I think uh, what can create fear sometimes is the thought of forward movement, right? Forward action. And uh, I don't necessarily feel like you have to be forward acting to be progressive. I think uh, I think it's first starting just with the mental mindset to be open to ideas. You don't have to move. You don't have to. Uh, you can hold your ground, but still have an open mind, still have an open perspective to uh, the future and, and forward facing without necessarily having to move in that direction. I think, I think that's where the fear comes in is when someone's challenging you to move or to change. Um, and, and maybe you will at some point in time, but at least being open to that, I think, is what would define someone as being progressive in agriculture in my mind. That comes back to a quote that we had on the podcast, I don't know, a month ago or something. <laughs> um, and I can't remember who it was, if it was Aristotle or Plato, Plato or one of those old philosophers, but they said the sign of, the sign of a, a truly intelligent mind is being able to sit with an alien idea and um, not necessarily having to accept it. Um, I think that sort of plays into what you were just saying, being able to, to think about other perspectives and and consider other options um, without necessarily committing yourself to it, but also, you know, if that turns out to be the best way to move forward with confidence. Yeah, let me give you an example I think will be relevant. So our, our magazine name, even just recently, used to be called Progressive Dairy Man, right? Um, and so we had a gender-defining uh, um, uh, syllable in our title. And uh, for years, um, I mean, I could probably even go back and say even just in the last decade, uh, every once in a while I would get an email saying, how can you say that you are progressive or forward thinking with, uh, you know, the name man in your title? And um, every year uh, our process was as a group of editors and our ownership uh, to, to bring that topic up and say, uh, should we be changing our name? Should we uh, be doing something different than what we're doing? And I think for us, that's how we embodied uh, being forward thinking was to take the suggestions that were being made, the comments, the uh, feedback that we were receiving, and then say, okay, does this, um, does this square with who we are, with, uh, with our values, with where we're at right now? Uh, we felt pretty confident with our past. We had been successful for uh, you know, at that point, 25 plus years. And, uh, you know, did we really need to change the name just to change the name? Um, so we, we had discussions like that for a number of years. And uh, then it was in 2018, at the end of the year, there was a serious discussion about making a change. And uh, we did make that change in 2019. And uh, it was well received, but we didn't make the change uh, for accolades or to receive any kind of uh, recognition for it. We just felt like it was uh, it had squared with our values and who we were and we had worked it through ourselves and we're ready to make that change. And I think that's the same thing for producers when it comes to any other, any other kind of topic is to be open to the discussion, to take the feedback, um, maybe not to be necessarily defensive, but to be open to other uh, viewpoints and to digest them. And even if it takes a number of years for that process to digest and to think about it and, and maybe become open to something that uh, you weren't open to otherwise. This is such a thoughtful process you just described and I have to apologize because I think I've been referring to it as progressive dairyman this whole time. <laughs> so I'll work to do better. Um, but I, I really appreciate the forethought and the, the time and consideration that went into just that decision um, and, and hearing more behind that. 
um, makes me understand your move a lot more and know that it really was, um, mm -hmm. you know, a true consideration and, and not just a um, look at us, we're rolling with whatever's coming out of the headlines, which I think is a really, um, really present approach to life in general and production agriculture, because it's easy to find the coolest, latest thing and think you're going to get an extra 10 pounds of milk off of every cow per day, which, you know, some foo-foo dust salesman <laughs> would like for you to believe for a penny per hundredweight or whatever it is, but, um, you know, you need, you need to truth test it a little bit, so. Yeah, and I, I think the tipping point for me in, in our discussion about changing the name of the magazine was uh, there was a news report that came out after the 2018 elections that uh, a quarter of the representatives in Congress were going to be female. And to me, that was just like, you know, this is the times that we live in and it's representative of who we are. And uh, if we if we didn't change, then we would start to uh, kind of disrespect um, uh, yeah, just the reality of, of the, the times that we live in. And so um, we didn't want to be, we didn't want to necessarily dig our heels in just because we were going to say, hey, we're, this is who we are and this is who we're always going to be. Uh, we were open to, to changing to match uh, what our perceived reality was. You mean you aren't sticking with that old agriculture adage of this is the way we've always done it? <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, yeah, um, Good. And, and, and that 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 gets brought up a lot, right? Um, I think that I think that um, if this is the way we've done it, and this is the way we're always going to do it, is is to some degree probably an uh, uh, antithesis to the uh, to the thought of being forward thinking. So uh, you at least need to be open to the idea of someone explaining something different. Maybe you don't want to do it, but uh, at least hearing about it um, is being forward thinking. Well, and I think being open to listening to it for the first time, but it might take a year, it might take two or three years sometimes sitting with that idea and, and processing it. You know, we talked about racism a few weeks ago and I was introduced to racism in agriculture three, four years ago in school. And I kind of just kind of blew it off or whatever. And when it started coming around again, some of those topics that were brought up in my class that had sat with me and I was open to say, listen to them, back then finally are starting to make waves in my life and so it's just interesting years later if you can just be open to listening to somebody how sometimes that seed being planted can help you in whatever facet of your life or business plan be progressive you know 10 10 15 years down the road when when things are really changing so why so I'm going to jump into politics a little bit just because that's kind of where my brain has been lately. Um, but why agriculture tends to be Republican for the most part, but progressive gets stuck with the Democrats. And so why is there a political tie to the word progressive? And do you guys get any pushback with that? Yeah, we, we, we definitely get people who uh, haven't heard the last 15 minutes uh, of this podcast who come up to our booth at trade shows and are like, I love your magazine, but I just don't know if I can uh, wrap my arms around you completely because of the, the name that you have in the title of your magazine, especially if they're, uh, they have some strong political leanings. Um, so we definitely get that. And I, I give them the same talk basically that we're having today about uh, we, we acknowledge progressive means to be forward thinking, to be open-minded. And uh, that's what we think that it means. Um, to your other question about why it, it, it gets uh, kind of a bad connotation, I think it does uh, stem from uh, politics. And it's just, a, in my opinion, it's, 
it's the age in which we live in in politics. Everything is, it's red or blue, it's black and white, it's liberal and conservative, you're one or the other. And uh, and that leaves it very difficult, I think, for, for people who are forward thinking, who wanna have an open mind to say, I wanna be open to both sides of the story. And maybe I don't know which side I'm on or even that I'm advocating for one side or the other, but I want to uh, be open-minded. So to me, I guess that's where I would say the forward thinking person uh, kind of really is actually probably right in the middle somewhere uh, that they're thinking about the past and considering the future and uh, maybe to some degree they haven't chosen a side yet. That's really refreshing to hear because you get you get wrapped up in the news or you get wrapped up in whatever and everything seems so polarized. And, and I, we 100% agree that a lot of being progressive or being open-minded is not necessarily making a decision the first time you hear something, but being able to sit with it, to question it, question the norm, question the status quo and be like, where are we going from here? What's this implication on, on my heritage, but also on the progression of the dairy or the feedlot or the ranch for the next generation to come. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being progressive too means, you know, um, not being willing to let yourself be boxed in by a certain ideology or uh, platform, you know, whether that's politics or, or whatever form it may take, um, you know, the, the whole being able to look at the past and learn from it to be able to apply those lessons to the opportunities of the future. Um, I think, dovetail very nicely with your your definition um so we're wondering we spoke with um a guest several months ago Jeanette Barnard who um has worked in the poultry space and she's done a little bit of media communications type of stuff we had a conversation with her about how um it seems like there's a lot of pressure on industry agriculture industry publications to keep things positive and light and always tell the good story and the happy story and the successful story. Um, and, you know, we started wondering, does that have a detriment to, to telling the truth um, of what might really be going on out there? Wondering if, if progressive dairy feels, feels that kind of pressure from the outside or um, I guess sort of what your, your philosophy is regarding, regarding that. Yeah, the, I could probably give two anecdotes related to this. So the first one is there are definitely uh, photos of cows that we cannot put on the cover of the magazine <laughs> uh, that were shot, you know, in everyday uh, life uh, here in Idaho, specifically probably in the springtime when it's, you know, snow's melting and it's wet and, you know, rainy and there's just going to be mud in the photo. And, uh, you know, those, those photos, um, if we, uh, put one of those on the cover, we're going to hear from our producers saying this isn't how we want to be per portrayed to uh, to the public, uh, even though other producers probably recognize, oh yeah, okay, this is, you know, that's, I could go outside and look right now and that's probably what my cows look like because it's just, it's a crappy day out there, right? Great. Uh, so there, there's that. Um, yeah, so the second uh, thing that I would probably say related to that is uh, when it comes to the pressure to be positive, we actually kind of lately, especially in the last 18 months and, and um, even this year uh, specifically, we have reached out to producers that we think are pretty progressive. They're forward thinking. They're uh, make, moving forward um, towards the future and they have actually declined to be interviewed for the magazine um, because they feel like uh, 
they don't want to be um, perceived as uh, you know being richer than some other dairy or making investments when other people are struggling uh, in being a leader when they know that they're kind of leaving everyone else behind. And so um, it, there's that aspect of it as well, that there are folks who are pretty forward thinking. And uh, I, I say that just so that um, maybe the majority understands that for a lot of these people, they, they, they do, I guess to maybe use another term, they do kind of feel bad that they're leaving uh, the pack behind and kind of going out on their own, but they feel confident enough with their own decisions um, for, for what's right for their operations that they're going to go that route. They're just not going to uh, tout it because, um, because maybe other producers aren't there yet. Maybe they're not uh, either financially in a position to do it or, uh, you know, philosophically not in a position to do it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'd give you those two examples. So by leaving those stories out though, and maybe this isn't, you know, progressive dairy is um, written for the dairy audience most of the time, but do you think leaving those true stories that are happening every day out um, leaves kind of a gap or leaves some, leaves some of the authenticity of our industry out? Maybe when it's more towards consumers or people that are working to buy our product? Um, well, I, I think when it comes to consumers, I, I wouldn't say that uh, it leaves those consumers out. But some of those producers are, are going to feel comfortable telling a, a forward-facing story to consumers about why they're doing what they're doing uh, and why they're being more forward than maybe the other parts of the industry are. But I think it does, I guess the concern that I would have is that it does kind of create a little bit of, a little bit more of a gap uh, within agriculture where uh, we're, we're not, uh, we're not having that, that crucial conversation, that tough conversation about why maybe some, some are going one direction and some are, are staying, uh, you know, together or at least in the majority. And so um, that, that, that's the concern that I have um, is, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had and, and kudos to you for having these kind of conversations that, um, that, that probably need to be had, but for some reason we're, we're just not comfortable having them. And maybe it's just not right now. Maybe, maybe that will change, but that that's the concern that I have. I think that's a completely valid concern. And I mean, I can see it coming from your point of view too. You know, you, you have a, a national magazine that needs to appeal to a very broad swath of of producers doing all kinds of different things from the Northeast to the Pacific Northwest. Um, so I can see how it might also be challenging for, you know, a magazine of your breadth to, to take on that kind of a conversation. But do you, do you have suggestions on where we might be able to start those in other places in conversation or in, in agriculture, um, be able to start those conversations in other places in agriculture, including here on our podcast, um, you know, where can we, where can we sort of light that fire? Because um, I think the, the notion of, oh, just not right now, we're not ready is, it's going to come back and bite us, um, you know, if we keep clinging on to that for too long. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's a good question. And until you ask it, I didn't even really have uh, a good suggestion of what to say. But the idea that just came into my head is I think the best place for that conversation to start is right at the kitchen table. 
um, especially with, uh, you know, sets of generations. So maybe it's mom and dad, and maybe it's the next generation that's coming in and um, just talking to each other about where you want to go um, and uh, it kind of your views on what, what it means to be progressive, what it means to be forward thinking and having those conversations, I think privately first is part of what we've been talking about, ha having the confidence to be able to uh, share those more publicly. So starting them at the kitchen table and if they evolve from there to maybe out to the, the rest of the farm and the employees um, and from there to the, you know, the local community and, and then maybe even beyond that. But um, at least having those discussions at the kitchen table, I, I still hear a lot from producers that I interview who are, um, you know, the generation behind dad waiting or mom waiting to take on uh more responsibility. They, they say, well, I, I work here, but you know, I, I don't, I, I don't have all the decision-making authority. And, uh, and, and that's, I think, completely justified, but in that position, we still need to be having conversations so that, uh, that both generations know kind of what one is thinking and how they're perceiving things. And uh, maybe, maybe those ideas do need to sit for a long time, but at least the conversation is being had, um, if, if we're not having the conversation, then it does start to kind of feel like, oh, we've always done it this way and we're always going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think maybe the conversation could be, some of these conversations could be taking place, but we live in such a society where if I do something really innovative or I do something really progressive, I've got to post it on social media or I have to talk to somebody else about it. And, and sometimes those conversations just stay at the kitchen table or just stay on the farm and that's okay too but we live in such a society that wants wants those stories and wants everybody to hear it so I think I think kind of going back to the grassroots definition of progressive and fo forward thinking doesn't have to be as elaborate as as the title may lead one to believe when you initially talk about being progressive yeah, and it doesn't, I mean, I also think too, probably reading about those sorts of stories if you're in, um, you know, a different financial position specifically um, could be intimidating or maybe even infuriating in some cases. Um, but to, you know, I think, again, coming back to that definition of being progressive is to be able to to take an idea that you see in a magazine or have heard about on a podcast or something like that of how one farm has made, you know, this thing work for them and to, to try and plug it into your own operation and tweak it and play with it and, and massage it until it fits for what you're doing. And you can continue to be progressive uh, that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm taking little nuggets. You know, if somebody tells, tells their progressive story of making these big things and they were financially able, but how did they become financially able? How can I take that, that advice or how can I bring that back if I'm still not, you know, in that boat and maybe putting some of the jealousy aside and just looking at some of the more cut and dry <laughs> aspects of that, I think might help move things forward rather than we get, I want to be like farmer Joe down the road with the robotic dairy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one uh, other kind of phrase that we use here internally. It's one of the, um, uh, mantras, if you will, uh, that we've set aside for progressive publishing, which is uh, to be one fad behind. So if our company's aim is to be forward thinking, 
but we have this mantra to be one fad behind. Uh, I think that's kind of how agriculture can square the two. So you don't have to be on the uh, cutting edge or some, some people would even say the bleeding edge of being <laughs> in the front, uh, but being you know one fad behind, maybe even two fad behinds, two fads behind um, is, is what is forward thinking to you. I think the concern becomes when we're six fad behind six fads behind or eight fads behind or or not even caring about what fads are um, <laughs> that's kind of when we enter into that realm of maybe not being uh, forward thinking i think that's great advice walt and we we think we have think we have really enjoyed this conversation um and diving into what progressive is in the dairy industry specifically but how we can like transfer it all over agriculture and into our daily lives um, where can listeners find progressive dairy and um yeah where can they find progressive dairy and if they liked what they heard today where can they get more information yeah well i would definitely say uh to uh, cross promote our podcast progressive dairy has a podcast uh, it's not weekly like yours it's every other week. uh but uh go and subscribe to the podcast it's on the major channels uh, also on the web we're on all the social media platforms facebook twitter uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, so if you're on any of those, you can like and follow us there to see some of the contents. And then obviously we have the website progressivedairy.com and the magazine. So if you uh, if you're in the dairy industry and for some reason we haven't found you yet, uh, <laughs> I would encourage you to subscribe at least to the publication. It is free for qualified uh, subscribers. Which if you own a cow, you are qualified. <laughs> <laughs> It only takes one cow um, to get the progressive dairy, and I'm sure they could stretch it too if you were really passionate or wanted to get into the industry as well. Um, and we'll, listeners, will put the um, progressive dairy links in our show notes as well, so you can you can find those through our links and on all our social media platforms as well. And we thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can find us on. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at talktous at millennialag.com. Until next week, we're Millennial Ag. 